What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to the Roll Blob Podcast, presented by the Broken Anchor with Andy and Cap. I'm Cap. He's Andy. Andy, what up? And it's a bit of a different vibe here at the Roll Blob Podcast. We took a bit of a different route. and Taking you know, a detour. We are t- taking the scenic route. We are going a complete left turn, talking some Ohio State football. We had 11 Warriors writer David Wertheim on the show, and he got us into the nitty-gritty of what to expect from the Buckeyes and the Big Ten this year. Well, mainly mainly the Buckeyes. But yeah. awesome interview. Well, I'm going to need you to pick up that name you just dropped. But, Andy, any time, you know, anyone comes in and decimates the hope of not only the UC Bearcats, but also the American Athletic Conference, they're an ally around here, Andy. We're not going to be the biggest supporters of Ohio State around here. But, man, you can't beat all the memes of UC being in, in playoff conversation. But once the Big Ten comes out, they're a completely erased. Uh, 42 to nothing last year, the shutout. No one was a bigger Buckeye than me on that day. Andy, I'm making a ploy to dot the I, the next Buckeyes Ohio State game. Has to happen. Next Buckeye UC game. Got to happen. I mean, so in seven years when that, when that actually happens, uh, who knows where we'll be. We'll probably be verified by then. So it's probably very possible. But if we reach out right now, we probably have a higher chance of getting press passes to the NCAA championship game. So you're telling me there's a chance. But there's I there's a chance, yes. <laughs> I'm never going to the dark side of being verified, just like I'm never going to the dark side of having sex. Team abstinence. Abstinence um, 2020. Abstinence 2020. It's the wave. Chad Johnson's about it. But anyway, so obviously this is going to be a little bit of Ohio State show. we got a fantastic interview with the guys, 11 Warriors, who have a much, much, you know, they have way better things to do, Andy, than talk to us <laughs> two idiots. Um, so that I was, was really shocked when, they, when he agreed. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, obviously, I missed up on their part, but that's okay. Uh, but we're going to talk about some national stories too, Andy. Ryan Fitzmagic, our boy, his heart is broken. So, obviously, our hearts are broken for him. This is that's a our guy. I know. We've got to get into that. Uh, the Big Ten is back, so we're obviously going to get into that and squashing the hopes of the AAC and all of the mid-majors. Andy, they finally ranked Coastal, the biggest story in the world right now. So Something else we about. tweeted into existence. Add we that to the to list. Yeah, that is – we should do a whole podcast on that, which we're going to, I'm sure. And then, obviously, Andy, we're taking the tough stance of defending, you know, defending coaches that don't punch their players. We're yes. anti-punching players. I mean, it's a tough stance, but we got to take it. You I, know? I'm, willing, I'm willing to make that public. I am anti-punching players. Yep. I don't care how angry you are. I'm anti – as a coach myself, I preach to not punch each other. Sometimes you got to take the bold take. But all that and more. But, Andy, without further ado, let's get to it, man. So, Andy, I know Andy Mack just got hype and everything was wild in the intro, but I think it's time for a moment of silence for the American Athletic Conference. Thank you. Because they're dead, Andy. Rip. Put a fork in them. They're done. RIP AAC national attention because, you know, the father of college football is back officially 
starting tomorrow. Undertaker gift. Real football's back in the building. It felt so empty without me. With the real Slim Shady, please stand up. Let's go, Andy. We don't love the Big Ten around here. I don't, you know, necessarily. You're a Notre Dame guy. I'm a Xavier guy slash Coastal Carolina guy. <laughs> but but as, long as, as long as UC has no hope, the American has no hope, and they squash them like a little bug they are, you know, all the, all the Buckeyes in the world, bro, I will dot the I. I will wear the scarlet and gray. Let's fucking go. And I, I will, I will sing. Uh, I'll sing Carmen, Ohio. I'll sing uh, the Buckeye battle cry as long as they are crushing the hopes of the Amer- American Athletic Power Seven. I will hold hands with Greg Oden and Aaron Kraft at the same time to watch them win forty-two nothing against UC. Honestly, that'd be a hell of a like a, I'm a, like I'm a, image. a lowering the bar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't care, Andy. I'm, I don't really care, Andy. I have no pride. I have no nothing. I have no shame. I don't care. I will hold hands. I will be Greg Oden's little spoon if they win. If they, if they win forty-two to nothing every time they play UC. Yeah. Right, someone's got to get Greg Oden to listen to that part right there. He'd be a good big spoon. Not gonna lie to you. But yeah, Andy, Big Ten football's back. Syriot did the thing. He brought Big Ten football back. It was not solely him. Trump. It was Syriot. It was President Yacht. The haters will say it's fake. But, yeah, man, it was really fun, man, talking talking Ohio State football, honestly, with 11 Warriors. Like, dude knows what the fuck he's doing. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he got brought on to um, 11 Warriors as a freshman. Like, Pretty impressive. The, the moment he stepped, on, stepped foot on campus, they were asking him to write for them. So, And he built up a, his own blog by himself before he got brought on. So the dude's really good at what he does. He really knows his stuff. And he's just – He's as passionate about it as we are about Xavier. So it's really, we, you know, we just love passionate fans. So it's really cool to hear hear someone talk and contribute to a conversation of someone that's, uh, about something that they just truly love. It's just a cool experience all around, even if you don't personally love it as much as they do yourself. Yeah, unlike most adults in 2020, Andy, uh, we can actually have a conversation with someone we disagree with, which I know is a weird, a weird, you know, ideal you know what i mean like what actually having a conversation like an adult with someone you don't you know see eye to eye with that's weird so yeah we actually did that which i know is terrible crazy concept imagine that i know imagine that but hang me but from so it goes man but i really enjoyed this and he was just a good guy to talk to and obviously really really knows stuff oh yeah and it was super generous at this time really did not have to come to a lowly roll blob podcast that you would never think would ask an ohio state guy to come on yeah, the website or their Twitter account only has a hundred thousand times more followers than both of us combined. So we're clearly on the same level, and honestly, they should have reached out to us. <laughs> honestly, they should they should have been knocking on our door. To be honest with you, but but I say without further ado, man, let's cut to the interview with our boy. Insert name here. His name's David Wertheim. There you go. I'm, to be honest, yeah, you guys are I'm not, not here to. The, the, everybody's here to listen to him. They're not here to listen to us, so we might as so, well yeah, just we're gonna cut the shit. stop giving them what they don't want and give them what they do want. Lego. All right, welcome to the Blobcast. We are here. We're taking a little different direction. We got some Ohio State talk for all you Buckeyes out there. So we're typically a Xavier basketball-focused podcast, but a lot of you Xavier fans are bandwagon Ohio State fans. So <laughs> it's true. 
we got we got a gift for you guys. We got eleven Warriors writer David Wertheim. David, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk some Buckeyes here on the eve of their first game. Finally, it's about time. Like I honestly did not think it was right not having Big Ten football. Yeah, I mean, especially after the SEC and ACC and Big Twelve, they they didn't fold, you know, and and it was tricky for the Big Ten. Their hands were kind of tied, and luckily they came to a pretty good decision, I think. And- I mean, it's definitely the right decision because, I mean, one, they're going to lose a lot of money. And two, it just feels – it just feels right. Like, I'm a big SEC guy too as, as well as my Notre Dame fandom. Like, I love, I love the SEC. I love the um, grinded out defensive matchups. Uh, my sister goes to Florida, so we watch a lot of Florida football. But it still didn't feel right without um, Northwestern playing Minnesota. <laughs> Purdue, Indiana. <laughs> Can't be. The, thank God for Sir Yacht, by the way. It's not the same without a 13-10 Big Ten game in 20-degree weather. <laughs> no, no. Wouldn't be college football without it. Nope. Uh, so, so David, um, I, I want you to kind of get in, give our listeners, like, kind of establish, like, who you are, where you come from. What, what's your background like? Yeah, so I'm a senior at Ohio State currently. Um, I write, as you mentioned, for a site called 11 Warriors. I've been doing that now. This will be my fourth year. So, oh, so you, you know, got started out with that quickly. Yeah, from day one in college, I was, I was with 11 Warriors. That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I had my own Twitter page in high school about Ohio State, and that's kind of how I got started and then moved on up to 11 Warriors, and I've been here ever since. Uh, what was that? Uh, so, was, was that like kind of how you, how you got discovered? What was that Twitter page like? Yeah, it was called, it was called Buckeyes News and it was just a crappy, you know, crappy teenager running a Twitter account. And I guess they saw enough promise in me that they tried to make me a real writer. And here we go. I'm here now. <laughs> and we know something about r- running crappy Twitter pages. Yeah, I wish I could, yeah, I wish I could say I don't understand that. Yeah. Cab here has like 47 burner accounts and they all suck. Oh, each one's worse. Yeah, that's great though, man. So um, you started covering the Buckeyes. Um, so I take you grew up a big Buckeye fan. Yeah. My parents both went to Ohio State. My grandpa went to Ohio State. Uncle, you know, the, the whole family ties. And it was really a no-brainer for me, too, once I got in. Like, all right, you know, here we go. You'd be the black sheep if you didn't go there. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought about it for, like, 20 minutes after I saw I got accepted. I'm like, do I really want to go here? And then I'm like, yeah. So. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it really wasn't that hard. And yeah, that's how I felt about Ohio Media School. Just it's been a dream <laughs> my entire baby. life. Shut the fuck. What's your experience been like as a student? Like, has it been what you thought it was going to be? Um. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, obviously there are a couple unexpected things and you know twists and turns along the way, but it, it's been pretty much what I expected. Obviously, with COVID, it's kind of disappointing yeah. in my in my last year to not be able to go in person to these games or whatever, but. You know, at least there's something to watch, and and campus is still alive, and it it, it hasn't been too bad. Hey, you, can get, you can always get that one spot outside of the shoe where you can see like five yards. Right. So <laughs> you can just hope something's going on there. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty uh, strict this year. They said that they're not going to let anybody come close to the stadium. They're going to have a, a ton of cops and whatnot. They just sent out a release today, so. Jeez. No that ruins my anyway. plans. I'm yeah. supposed to drunkenly walk to like it's a tradition for Alex and I to. <laughs> Um, drunkenly walk to the shoe. We do it all you the might time. Get there. We'll see. We'll see if they stop you. Um, 
I'll try still. <laughs> All right. So um, it's 2020. It's a weird season. Um, training, ca- training camp was a little um, shortened, but your Buckeyes have been practicing. What all should we expect from the Big Ten favorites this year? Yeah, so I think really it's, it's going to be a lot of the same as last year. They're returning, obviously, the probably second best player in college football, Justin Fields. Um, they've got probably the best offensive line in college football. So a lot of, especially what you see on offense, is going to be pretty similar. The defense will look different. They lost Chase Young. They lost Jeff Okuda. Jordan Fuller won't be back either. And the defense will look a little different. I still expect them to be pretty good. Maybe not as dominant as they were last year when they were a top 10 unit in the country. But I, I think it's going to be a lot of the same. And I don't really expect anybody to challenge them in the Big Ten. And, uh, and you guys are DBU. I think it's pretty safe to say that. I mean, you lose Jeff Okuda, but you bring in Jeff Okuda Jr. I, you guys just keep reloading in the secondary. So I really yeah. don't see anything to be worried about. They're going to be pretty inexperienced. They lost three starters. They lost Okuda, obviously, Jordan Fuller, who was a sixth-round pick. And so they're going to have to replace a few guys. Um, they've got Sean Wade will be sliding over from the nickel spot to play on the outside this year. And then they'll have two uh, – I think a, a junior camp or seven banks – uh, playing the other two corner spots, and they'll stick with that single high safety. That'll be Josh Proctor this year. So you're going to see a lot of new faces out in the secondary, but I still expect them to be pretty good. I, I never expect them to be bad. Like no. even even Jason, who can't say enough bad things about the Buckeyes, can't. can't <laughs> I don't have as many calls with Buckeye football. I mean, we're on the same team. As long as you beat the shit out of UC, we're cool. <laughs> so like, um, is there going to be anything like? Um, like, do you expect any rust out of these guys, or like, I think be smooth smooth sailing, even though there it wasn't it was a different off season. I mean, normally you have that three game warm up period where you play Florida Atlantic and Bowling Green and those kind of teams. And you see, and you see, right? Yep, fits right in there. <laughs> uh, obviously, you don't have that this year, but neither did the other teams. So it's all equal footing. So I think as, as rusty as Ohio State is, Nebraska or whoever, I guess Nebraska's week one and then Penn State week two, they're going to be the same amount of rusty. So I, I don't think it'll really matter too much. And then by the time the playoffs roll around, I think they'll be ready to go. And I, I, I'd expect them to be in full swing, full typical Ohio State by week three. Now, unfortunately, got Penn State before then, which I mean, I think is kind of your playoff game. Um, yeah, this year especially. I don't think anybody else in the Big Ten is, is going to be close. Um, like, and there, were, there, were two guys, like, there were two big names that uh, kind of originally held out, Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade. I, were they practicing? Uh, were they still with the team? Is there going to be any, like, rust there or anything, any beats skipped? So I think – Sean was only away from the team for maybe two or three days. Um, he announced he was opting out on Friday and, and the Big Ten said they were coming back Monday or whatever it was. I mean, he was not gone long at all. And Wyatt wasn't gone very long either. And I know he was actually training. I don't know where he went to, but I know he was training. Um, but it was a pretty easy decision for those guys to come back. And I don't think they missed a lot of time. They're both going to be first-round draft picks. They're both going to be first-team All-Big Ten, probably All-Americans. And 
So I think they're going to be pretty good shape here for week one. And, and as a Bengals fan, I have Wyatt Davis on my list. I mean, our offensive line sucks yeah. ass. So I have, him, I have him high on my list. So I would love to upgrade at right guard. Yeah, I think he is probably the best guard in football this year. And so I expect him to play like that. He played like it last year. He was you know, first team All-American last year. So I think he's, he's due for another big year. I'm sure our Buckeye fans love to hear that. Me, I'm kind of neutral, but I, <laughs> I, I do enjoy. I don't. I, I do enjoy when the Buckeyes do well, because it makes my friends happy. There you go. Um, um, you guys got um, some big shoes to fill, J.K. Dobbins, like because he was a starter from day one. Uh, you guys had a guy go down. He stepped right in, and he was electric from day one. Like is Master Teague. He's coming off an ACL surgery. He had a poor performance against Clemson. Is there any concern there? The Buckeye coaches will tell you otherwise, but I think there is a little bit of concern with Master Teague. I also don't think he's going to be the number one running back. They got Trey Sermon, a transfer in from Oklahoma, and I think he's going to be getting the lion's share of the carries once we get into the stretch run of the season. They're going to try early on to rotate with uh, Sermon and Teague but I think Sermon will separate himself. Um, Teague is just, I, I don't really know how to describe it because he's, he's really good at running straight and fast. If, if that kind of gives you any indication of the type of back he is you know, North South, if you give him a hole, he's gone, but anything East West is, is not his strong suit. And that's the opposite of Dobbins really. So I think it'll be a little different, but um, yeah, I think that the coaches will tell you different, but, We'll see. And so you guys kind of got like, got that nuke and juke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jason, was a... about to say something? Yeah, I was just uh, – any games you have circled on the calendar this season? What games kind of get you excited or maybe have you a little bit worried? Well, Penn State Week 2 is obviously the biggest concern. Right. Um, they just lost their starting running back to a – they're saying a, a heart condition or something. He might miss the whole season. Uh, which would be a huge blow for them. You know, they've, they're, they're going to be really, I think they're going to struggle on offense a little bit. They lost Micah Parsons too. He opted out their best player overall, their linebacker. Um, so I don't even think that game's going to be as tricky as it is. Um, but, and, and honestly, I think that the not having fans kind of favors Ohio state for these road games. Um, normally this Penn state game would be a whiteout with 105,000 screaming Penn state fans Instead, there's nobody. Um, they go to Michigan State later in the year. There's going to be nobody there. So I think that really helps Ohio State. And honestly, I'm not really too concerned at any point this year, um, except maybe Penn State. That's interesting. Um, you've also seen – that. That's one thing that's interesting for Ohio State is they've seen a couple weeks of college football. Um, so you've obviously, I'm sure, been watching. Where do you think Ohio State stands in the landscape of college football? I think Clemson is clearly number one. And at this time, I think they're better than Ohio State. Um, I'd stop the, if I had a vote, I'd stop the vote. Oh, no shot at beating them with, with the quarterback they trotted out there. Ohio State at number two, and then I'd slot Bama in there at number three. Uh, I'm sorry, you kind of um, cut in and out a little there. Um... So we missed um, who uh, – there's a quarterback talked about, but we don't know from who. Okay, I'll start over. Uh, so 
I would have Clemson at number one, you know, Trevor Lawrence, best quarterback in football. Um, they're far and away the best team. I would put Ohio State at number two probably right now because watching that Bama-Georgia game, Georgia didn't look good. They couldn't move the ball. Um, Bama's defense didn't look good, and they were pretty vulnerable to big plays, especially in the secondary. So I don't think they're better than Ohio State right now. So I would go Clemson one, Ohio State two, Bama comes in at number three. Sounds about right. See, I, I'm sounding like a genius then because I had – those are my top three in my college football playoff prediction, which I know is a bold prediction. <laughs> Super Bowl. I, <laughs> <laughs> I put a lot of thought into that. And the fourth team got bounced uh, in week two. My fourth team was Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the Big 12, well, they played themselves totally out. Oof. Not a good which, time to be in the Big 12. And, yes. I mean, which kind of opens the door for a second ACC team i.e. Notre Dame, as long as we don't get beat by 40. Yeah. <laughs> ACC team and Notre Dame just threw me off. Sorry. Not used to that. I hope you go, Andy, just so whoever it is, Ohio State, Clemson, or Bama, just waxes you 42 to 10. Like, how much happen. do you think Ohio State would beat Notre Dame by? Four touchdowns? If they played right now, I think it would be, you know, two touchdown games. If they play at the yes. end of the year – yeah. I think Ohio State probably wins by 28 to 35. But, okay. um, um, does Notre Dame's defense get one stop? Yes. Yes! One stop. <laughs> and I, I would say they would even score at least one point. Wow, that's a hot take. Yes. At least one point. Really? Was it a safety? At least. At least a 11 safety. bomb. Yep. <laughs> Man, that, like, that, uh, that's going to be feeling pretty good. I was, I, was a little, I was a little concerned that we were about to, you know, go 73 nothing like you did in the second quarter against Miami last year. Oh. Well, I think Notre Dame would fare a little better than that. Andy's going to be insufferable for weeks, so I appreciate you pumping him up. Glad to do it. <laughs> He's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> how often does Ohio State play UC? Is it – do they – how often do they play? So, it's like a cycle kind of. Basically, every, like – five or six years you see fans are like man they haven't played us in a while they must be scared <laughs> and then they see that Ohio State's on the schedule like two or three years out and they're like oh okay they're playing us in two or three years and that game gets close and they start chirping and chirping and chirping and then even sometimes they'll like get a quick touchdown or whatever yeah. they'll, they'll be very optimistic and then Ohio State scores like 42 points and it's over. <laughs> We beat Memphis but, by two last year. Back yeah. Ohio State shaking in their boots. Right. No, it's like so every six or seven years, I feel like, is how okay. often they've been playing. Nowhere near often enough. But it is perfect, though, because you're right. It's like that revolving door. Like, they get excited because they beat UCF one time every 10, and then they get all hype, and then you beat them 42 to nothing. Yeah, I enjoy it, too. It's, it's one of the, <laughs> it was definitely one of the highlights of last year was, was beating them that bad. Because they were – that was as crazy as I think UC's been in a while. Like, because they had a lot of hope about that game they had a lot of hope and Ohio State um I mean it was a whole different team you know they right. had a new quarterback new offensive line new uh, wide receivers and everything and and they just blew the doors off of them I mean that game wasn't close it was hysterical that's awesome <laughs> Andy I just have one more question what's your favorite Ohio State memory of all time or maybe your favorite team of all time I mean the championship in 2014 was pretty special um I mean, that's something – you can't beat a championship. Right. Um, so, I'll say my, my favorite 
non-championship moment was probably the first team I really remember watching, which was the 04-05 team that beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, that was a pretty that was a pretty fun team to watch. The, the AJ uh, Hawk team. The AJ Hawk team. I think that was like Troy Smith's first year as quarterback. Those and were then the, the days. Next year they went on to to go to the national championship game. So that that was a pretty fun team. I saw them live. That was a good team. Very good team. And um, so my my dad's a big Florida fan. So um, what was your reaction when Ted oh. Ginn ran the opening kickoff back and then got injured? I mean, I was oh. jump. I remember that. I was. I wasn't very old, but I do remember watching that game exactly where I remember where I was watching it. And I was very excited. I mean, obviously you're like, Oh, seven, nothing, 10 seconds into the game. This yep. team's not going to lose. And then you see again, jumping up and down and Ray small jumps on his leg and he's out for the game. Oh. And you're like, well, you just lost your best player. You still think there's a chance, but that kind of evaporated pretty quickly. I mean, like a team like that losing a receiver doesn't seem that detrimental. Cause you got, you got other guys to step in. You got Troy Smith, who's an incredible quarterback, at least at the college level. Um, did he win a Heisman that year? He did, and there was a big thing that year because um, during the period in between the Michigan game and the Florida game, because there was no conference championship for the Big Ten back then, there was like a big thing how he gained like 20 or 25 pounds over six weeks. And I don't know if this has ever been confirmed or if it's just a rumor or whatever, but they, they say it like impacted – how he played. And if you look at the stats for that game, he wasn't very good. And, and people wonder if that was part of the reason. So um, we are fat shaming Troy Smith at the, on the roll blog <laughs> podcast. We are, I guess. Um, and he is the reason that they lost the 2007 national championship game to Tim Tebow. And Chris Lee. And Chris. Oh, that's right. It was, yeah, that was, um, that was Tebow's sophomore year. Yes. Yeah. Chris Lee was good. I liked him. Team's but, loaded. So, um, is there an under-the-radar guy that no one's really talking about, but they should be? The, there's two that I'll mention. There, well, two groups, I'll say. Okay. Um, there's a, a whole group of freshman wide receivers that are coming in. There's four of them. Um, there's, I think, two five-stars and two four-stars um, that are going to have to play this year. You know, they've got Chris Olave coming back, Garrett Wilson coming back. They'll handle two of the spots – but Brian Hartline really likes to rotate those wide receivers, and, and some of these freshman guys are going to have to step up, and you'll get to know the names really quickly. There's Julian Fleming, G. Scott, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Mookie Cooper are the four guys. Um, and I think they're going to have to play a pretty big role, and I wouldn't be surprised if they came out week one with one of those guys playing in the first quarter, playing big snaps. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, when you lose Chase Young, I mean, obviously that's a huge impact. But another guy who hasn't really been talked about the loss as much is Davon Hamilton, who ended up going to the Jaguars. Um, Ohio State this year is not nearly as strong as they were on the defensive line in previous years. You know, they went from Joey Bosa, Tyquan Lewis, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. They don't have that impact guy anymore. Um, somebody's got to step up. It, it might be, you know, five-star Zach Harrison um, Tyreek Smith is another guy who, who could step up and they're going to need one of them too, because otherwise I don't know where they're going to get any pass rush. And we've seen that like they've, they've just dominated the pass rush. I mean, e even in a game that a guy, a guy like Chase Young, I mean, he didn't have a statistically great game against Clemson, but he was triple teamed. Yeah. Like th that presence, like, so it's going to have to be a little more of a, a team aspect um, 
get, getting, I, getting I the ball a little, to get a little creative with linebacker blitzes, corner back blitzes. Yeah, they've, they've got some guys uh, at the linebacker spot who are good at, at rushing the passer. Baron Browning is one of those freak athletes who is, was really good last year, especially at rushing the passer. Um, but they're going to need one of these defensive linemen to step up. If that doesn't happen, then everything else is moot because they, that's where the pressure has to come from. And they run that rushman package where they kind of play four defensive ends at the same time on like third downs, obvious passing situations to try and generate more pressure. Um, and if they can't get pressure that way, then, then they're going to be in really bad shape. That would be one thing that would be, kind of, be kind of interesting to me because I like to see how when teams lose big names that were drafted high or big name transfers, I like to see how, how the next guy steps up because I like the whole next man up mentality. Yeah, Ohio um, State definitely has, has preached that in recent years. And this year it's more prevalent than ever, especially because if, if somebody gets you know, a positive COVID test even, they're out three weeks. So they have that to think about. Yeah, the depth has to be there and they have to be ready to play at all times. And I know that's something that the coaching staff has been preaching. And um, I'm sure the players are taking it to heart, but they're going to have to be ready from the opening snap of the first game until the last snap of the last game. You never know. And, um, and speak, speaking of coaches, that it kind of leads into my next question. I mean, you saw one of the biggest coaching changes since um, like Jim Trestle. Like Urban Meyer to Ryan Day, what's the biggest difference between that passing of the torch? There's there's several small differences. Day runs his program a lot like Urban did, just because I mean that's that's who he learned from. Um, I find that Ohio State is more aggressive under Coach Day. Um, you'll see a lot of Urban's issues later in his tenure at Ohio State was failing to win that weird game against some 500 Big Ten West team. Like Iowa, Purdue. Yeah, and, and I don't know whether that was just not having his guys ready to play or, or what, but it seemed like you knew within the first three or four minutes of the game that, oh, here we go again. You know, this is going to be one of those games where Ohio State struggles against the mediocre opponent, and we haven't seen that under Coach Day. And I don't know if it's just a different philosophy or if he's just – you know, stepping on the throat mentality at all times. Like I remember last year, for example, they were beating Maryland by 30 points and then they ran an onside kick and got it. And it's just those type of things. Like you wouldn't have seen that under urban, but coach day is, is like, okay, I'm the boss now. This is how I'm going to run my program. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to hit you in the mouth and we're going to keep doing it all the way. And we're going to, if we score 75 points, then we score 75 points. And that, that, that's kind of um, one thing I've kind of noticed, like the, the players seem to just – Ryan Day got announced as the head coach, and they immediately respect him as the head coach. Because sometimes, I mean, we kind of saw it as Xavier basketball fans. When Travis Steele took over, he went from assistant to head coach, but some of them kind of refused to see him as the head coach. They kind of saw him as that nice guy assistant. So, Yeah, Urban, when he planned this, I mean, he planned it in conjunction with Coach Day. and the Like, this wasn't – it wasn't really a blind side. I mean, it was a blind side, but it wasn't really a blind side. Like coach day was, was the interim coach when urban was suspended the first three games of the year, he won all those games. They looked pretty good. Uh, it was pretty obvious that he was being groomed to be urban successor. A lot of people thought it was going to be after last year instead of the year before, 
but it wasn't really a surprise to that many people. And obviously, Coach Day has been ready for it. I mean, he, they, they were they were more dominant than ever. Um, so that I kind of have a question about Ohio State tradition. Um, every time there's a kickoff, the student section chants. Like I don't, I don't even remember what it was. It's kind of crude, but what is it? Rip his expletive head off and take his shoes. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Why are you guys so obsessed with shoes? I've never been a big fan of that chant. I have no idea where it came from. I don't really like it. I'll do it, but I don't really like it. I have no idea. And it's funny because like 95% of the kickoffs go through the end zone anyway. So it's like, you're not going to rip his, you know, take his shoes or whatever, because it's going to be through the end zone. So I don't know. You're not, not even going to get to touch him. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get to touch him. I remember my one game, my one game last year, that was the game I lost my shoe genity. Only game I've been to at the shoe. Um, like it was pouring down rain and people are taking, like people are barefoot taking their shoes off, holding them in the student session. I'm like, I have Converse on and it's pouring down rain. Right. It's going to be a 20 minute process. Yeah. I was, I remember that game. That was the Wisconsin game. And I was sitting underneath like one of the overhangs from the second deck and I'm just chilling and, you know, being dry and all these guys are taking their shoes off and I'm just, I'm just there watching. <laughs> That, that, that was they, that was the game like they gave it was like breast cancer awareness day they gave those pink towels people were just yeah. launching them that uh, projectiles from the top of the student section those are getting kind of dangerous yeah well I mean they uh they do a pretty decent job of of containing it but every once in a while it's just college kids being college kids yeah. and, and Ohio State's no different it was an incredible atmosphere I must say um so I have a couple more questions. First one, what makes Justin Fields think he's as good as Ian Book? <laughs> well, I don't know. You'd have to ask Justin Fields if he thinks he's better than Ian Book. But, you know, he's a guy who, who can beat you in so many different ways. Um, I mean, we saw it last year. The, the play that I will always remember that was really his highlight as a Buckeye, I think, so far, is when he went down in the Michigan game you know, it, it looked like it was going to be maybe even a season-ending injury. Um, he comes back two plays later, rolls out, and throws a dart touchdown pass, a 30-yard touchdown pass. Uh, he's a guy who, who is a gamer. He'll beat you in so many ways. Um, and I was really disappointed when the season got canceled because, obviously, this is going to be his last year in Columbus regardless of what happens. And I was disappointed that we were kind of robbed of his last year in college. And it's just – lucky that we're able to watch him play because I think he really is that good and that special and and one thing I absolutely loved about him is he was the leader of preaching the big getting the big 10 back yes. like, he you can tell he has a chip on his shoulder he's coming yeah. to this season like well, he's gonna fucking because, do it because he when he went when he announced that he was going to go to Ohio State he went about it in a very like business-like manner right like this is going to be where I'm going to be for two years and then I'm going to go to the NFL and that's it and since he's been in Columbus, you know, he gradually started warming up to the city and his new teammates and his coaches. And now it seems like he really likes Columbus and he had no thoughts about opting out. And it was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm the quarterback for Ohio state. And I think he's really embraced that. And, and I mean, I, I think you got to prove that this year. Cause I know, I know a couple of my um, friends that are diehard Ohio state fans, they were kind of concerned. Like he's, 
just it, it's a two-year pit stop for the, going to the NFL. He's not gonna. He didn't originally commit here. He's not gonna um, take the same pride as everybody else. But I think he kind of proved that to be completely false. Yeah, he did, and it surprised a lot of people, including myself, because I I took his words when he got here to heart. Like this is a business decision. Uh, but you could tell throughout the year, like he was really into it. He really, you know, him and Chris Olave, their roommates, you know, they got like a special QB wide receiver bond. You can tell they're really close. He's close with the O-linemen. He's close with the quarterback's room. And him and Coach Day get along really well. And it's just a relationship that has worked better than I think pretty much everybody expected and has gone as well as they could have hoped. And I, 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 kinda, I, just, I just love hearing that as a sports fan. I love, I love when – uh, there's like just this team camaraderie. They have good relationships together. Yeah, that's that's when you just know a team's gonna go smoothly, not fight. They're it's just gonna be a dominating system. Right. Exactly. And, um. So my final question. I don't know, Jason. Do you have any um before I get to the last one? No, man. Go for it. I fucking hate Michigan. How much are you beating them by this year? Well, their coach day. I think it was. I can't remember exactly when he said it, but it was he said something about he wants to beat them by a hundred points. Uh, I'm I'm trying to find a one hundred burger. Yeah, here he <laughs> said he said it was back in in early August. I guess Jim Harbaugh said that uh, he kind of narked on Ohio State for doing like on field drills during COVID. Um, and Coach Day then in a in a call with his players and coaches said he wants to hang a hundred on him. So Oof. we'll see if that holds true, but, but Harbaugh may have awakened a bigger beast than he's dealt with already. And, and Harbaugh's on thin ice. I mean, if Michigan loses two or three games this year, he's, he might be in trouble, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. It'll be a home game, obviously, because there's mm-hmm. no fans. Um, but I'm really looking forward to that game. It'll be in December this year, so a little later than we're used to. But I think Ohio State will be in, in pretty good shape by then. And if they're undefeated, I mean, the stakes will not be higher. So – I think I think they're going to win big. They're going to be determined as hell, as they always are for that game, because I think they want to keep this eight-year streak going. Um, and well, I, I think Michigan had one of the funniest off-seasons I've ever seen. Um, I know a couple of people that were like, finally, um, Shea Patterson's gone. <laughs> we, we survived the Shea Patterson era. It is time for Dylan McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. I was about to be afraid of Dylan out. McCaffrey. Didn't work out. They, they now they're saying that this new guy Milton is like the next Cam Newton or whatever. I mean, they think he's gonna. They say they say this every year. You know, Shea Patterson was going to be incredible, and Devin Gardner was going to be incredible. And I know I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, it was Jake Rudock was the guy in between. You know, he was going to be incredible, and they they say it every year. And Harbaugh's supposed to be the QB whisperer and all that, but. I, I won't believe it till I see it at this point. It's been enough talking that they're just going to have to show it on the field. It, it has been like, it's to the point where they have to actually like, they can no, they can no longer talk. They can't talk about the fifties yeah. anymore. They can literally say nothing to you guys. Yeah. And well, Michigan fans are getting kind of to that point where they're like, I think they're kind of, it's like the five stages of grief. Right. And they're finally getting close to acceptance. <laughs> they finally, they're finally getting to that point where they're like, yeah, Ohio state is better than us. We can't beat them. I mean, it's just, it's been what, two wins for them in the last 20 years. It's not really a rivalry anymore. And I think Harbaugh kind of wasted his chance a few years ago when Ohio State had that 
20, yep. what was it, that 2017 team, 2018, that was kind of Harbaugh's window, and he, he blew it. I mean, Ohio State crushed them in 2018, and that was kind of the beginning of the end, I think. It was the 2017, was that the uh, Michael Thomas, like the first down game? Uh, that was 2016. Okay. When when JT Barrett got the first down and then definitely Curtis didn't Samuel get the first down. Yeah. Oh, it was Curtis yeah. Samuel. Okay. Yes. And uh, they they still bring that play up. Oh yeah. I mean that was I mean that three year run 2016 17 18 was was Harbaugh's best shot, and yeah. and he didn't. I mean that game was pretty close. The next two years weren't close. Ohio State whooped them in Ann Arbor in 2017, and then beat them as the lower ranked team at home in 2018. And then obviously last year wasn't even close. <laughs> yeah, wait, um, Ohio State was the lower ranked team when they kicked the shit out of them uh, with Dwayne Haskins? Mm-hmm. Yes, they were. There's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Holy, and then uh, it, was, it was back-to-back beatdowns. Yeah, it was – I mean, that game that game especially was just not even close. So the 62-39 <laughs> um, Michigan – I mean, if they had won that game, they're in, in prime position for the playoff. They were sitting there at number four. And they come into Ohio Stadium, they're, you know, thinking they're going to win. And, and that game just, I mean, 62 points was just – and it really didn't even feel like it was that close, honestly. And maybe Harbaugh might have a little bit more success if he, would, if he would stop wearing khakis and start wearing jorts. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can't get any worse, so. <laughs> hey, well. That is all I have. Um, David, thank you so much for educating us on the team up 71. Um, I hope you guys, you guys need to get more of a basketball presence. You guys, you guys got a pretty good team. We need the fan base to get uh, more active. Yeah, we'll see. The shot is like a library more often than not. So maybe we'll have to get you up there and you can get the energy going. You know what? Let's get a start. Let's get a home and home right now. (laughs) Uh, Ohio Classic, baby. (laughs) Sounds good to me, guys. I hope you have a good rest of your senior year, man. No, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Andy, big Buckeye energy. And, Ike, we're all about the nuts today. <laughs> Whoa, Andy, team abstinence. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I can nut into a napkin. That you can. That you can. Sex can wait, masturbate. Uh, Andy, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've, I'm like Jalen Rose. We hate Ohio State. I don't like Ohio State. I mean, in football, I've just accepted they're good. They can be good in football. Leave basketball to us, please. Um, <laughs> but I can respect them knowing their shit, and that place is fucking crazy. I've been to a couple Ohio State games. They're fucking wild. Great times. Honestly, and, one of the best atmospheres I've been to. It's like, for me, the top two are yeah. I mean, biased Notre Dame, but unbiased um, Clemson and Ohio State have just have incredible atmospheres all day. It is just something else, man. I mean, I've been to, I don't know, 20-plus sports venues or whatever, but nothing is like 100,000-plus people in one place going fucking bananas. That's just kind of surreal, honestly. Like, that's one thing I love about college sports is the tradition, the environment, the Mm -hmm. passion, and... Pro sports have nothing like that, even at its best days, you know? No, they don't, and that's why I personally will never understand why people will like professional sports over college sports, because it just has nowhere near the same emotion and passion. I get the quality is better, 
but the, yeah, the higher quality of play, the name recognition, things like that. But I hear you, Andy. Like, I definitely hear you. Like the, I feel like the true sports fans, like you still get good quality, but you also have the environment, the passion, the just pure desire to win. You're not worried about a paycheck. You're worried about just winning that one game in that one moment. It, it is There's different. Just I, I just. There's nothing like that age, man. And that's the NCAA tournament and just the will to win. Uh, there's nothing like that before the sponsorships and before all the money and all the bullshit gets in the way. Like, as much as I love LeBron, love oh, LeBron. For sure. Like, I love but professional God, sports. all the shenanigans, bro, that go into it, bro. It's just like, uh, it's just a lot, man. It, it can be a lot. But um, I don't know. So it goes. But, Andy, we're heartbroken. It, it, we're like that mom or dad when, like, your kid comes home and, like, after, like, his first breakup and his heart's broken. Ryan Fitzmagic, his heart is broken, Andy. Our son needs to be coddled. I, I, I just want to go give him a hug because – I know. Like, he just – he was having so much fun. He was so happy. He's supposed Everybody to play was, with his friends, Andy. And now he has to sit there behind the cage, behind the, behind the chain link fence – and we need to talk to you, Andy. Do I got to talk to the principal? We got to whoop some ass? Um, I think we need to write a strongly worded letter. So They're going to hear it. I honestly think it's funny because Fitzmagic, career backup. You know, like, this has been his career. And I actually heard a crazy stat today. He's got 5,000 passing yards for three different teams. That is that's awesome. Pretty, that's pretty oh crazy. Oh, my God. And I actually think it's underrated how decent of a career he's had. I mean, he's 37 still in the NFL. I mean, he was a starter at 37. That's pretty wild. Like, you're looking at, like, Vinny Testaverde status. Um, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, icy burp. Um, but he's had a pretty decent career for what he was. I think he's overachieved in his career. But I do think it's funny that, like, a career backup, his heart is broken because a top 10 pick is getting his job. You know, like you knew this, like you knew you were Tua's placeholder. Right, like, like your entire role on this team was to be a bridge quarterback. Now the bridge ended up being a lot smaller than anybody ever expected, but that was that was your role. You knew this the entire time. It's like, like when a walk on goes into the game with like one minute left, and then he's like, "That's all. Like that's all I get. Like, I'm heartbroken." I didn't even take a shot. You know what you are. Like, I, I don't know, but it is funny. And, like, his quotes of, like, yeah, it's been a tough day. It's like, I just got fired from my job, and my whole day consists of Zoom calls with the guy that fired me and training the guy that's replacing me. <laughs> I'm like, I feel you, but you're Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, your, your sole purpose is to come in in short spurts and get the crowd going. And like, you're here to get the people going. You're, you are a placeholder. but, but You also, are Lady Humps. But also, he is, you know, just an absolute marvel of a man. And, you know, just, you know, more than a god, or more than a man, less than a god. And he's just a marvel of a human being, Andy. And we are heartbroken for him. Yeah, for sure. Like, the fact that it happened after, I mean, like, he, he was, like, so hyped for Tua to get his first NFL moment. Like, he was rooting on the crowd. Then all of a sudden, oh, this is it? Like, that was the last down I play? Like, after I mean, I kicked the shit out of someone? I think it's just the realization that my career's over, and this is the last game I'm ever going to start with season injury. I, I think. And and he's healthy, too. Um, I know. Like, healthy scratch. That's that's when you know it's bad. What, what, kind, what kind of shocks me is, like, they must really think Tua's ready. Like, he played, what, four minutes? Yeah. I know. He showed a lot in those four minutes, Andy. <laughs> Nothing I'd ever do. Nothing. <laughs> I've never shown anything for him. That's just a damn sure. And, I like, they're, they're, what, like, a game and a half out of a playoff spot? 
Like, yeah, they're, I mean, they're, I was, yeah. They're, they're not far out. They're and second place in the AFC East. Like, I don't know why you're making a change unless you really believe Tua's going to take you there because they might be fighting for a playoff spot. We, we don't know unless yeah, they're just I mean, trying to tank. We'll see. I mean, maybe they're just trying to groom their guy. Who knows? But obviously, Andy, we're not here for sports analysis. We're here for the story within the story, which is Brian, Brian Fitzpatrick Hart is broken. Yes, our, our, our sweet prince. Come home, buddy. We got you. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make you make your favorite steak and potatoes and get you, get you a hot bath. What kind of ice cream do you want? Exactly. <laughs> but moving on, Andy, to the football game of the night, which is obviously the number one football game on Thursday night. We have like national primetime Appalachian State versus Arkansas State. Big time, man. Big time, Matthew, Andy. All the eyeballs. <laughs> like, everybody, like, honestly, I don't know why, like, out of the three options we had tonight, this is probably the most quality. And I we mean, got Appalachian State the kicking the Thursday shit out night. of Arkansas State 45 to 17 with 7.30 left. Like, been, I've been waiting all week for this game, Andy. I've been waiting all week for Thursday night calendar. to watch my boys Arkansas State. But, Andy, <laughs> we kid, we joke, per usual. Just kidding. That was actually completely real. But it also in the fun belt, Andy, our boys, the ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. We did it. Shout out to Clears, Chanticleers. I don't know what the hell it is. The Clears, Andy. Steers and clears, Andy. It is clear the Chanticleers are the best team in the country, the best group of five that this world has ever seen. They're going to the playoff. I have them in. Clear the runway, baby. Clear the runway. Coastal Carolina, it's coming. This is the biggest story in sports right now, ranked Coastal. They finally did – Andy, I didn't think it was going to happen there. Like, they like, actually ranked Coastal. I'm like, Listen. what more do they have to do? They beat Kansas. They beat Arkansas State. <laughs> they beat Kansas. <laughs> you let off with they beat Kansas. I don't know what more they need to see from these people. <laughs> then they come out and beat ranked Louisiana Lafayette. Like, Oh, my goodness. If there's on a, nothing on more – On what, a Wednesday than, night? Then leading off with they beat Kansas. <laughs> hey, they beat Les Miles. Oh, my goodness. We love Coastal around here. That's our squad, baby. Yeah, hey. I, I can't believe they did it. This, this, honestly, man, the football season has been a success. They ranked Coastal. It, like, they can lose every game now, but they got ranked. Can't take that away from them. Like, I got – instead of ranked Coastal, Coastal, I got the tweet Coastal ranked. It – God, that's like Like, they can lose every single game. Notre Dame can lose every single game from now on. Don't don't take that seriously, Irish. I'll fucking be pissed. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, but so far this season is a success honestly i'm i'm just ready for them to take take down clemson in that in-state rivalry oh he's not i mean look out clemson i know trevor lawrence is shaking in his boots like he might he might even go like go crazy and cut his hair like like i know andy senile person does that'd be wild speaking of senile andy (laughs) we got some crazy stuff going on in college basketball coach so we're, taking some, we're, taking some tough, we're taking some tough stances tonight, Andy. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. We, we, in, we introduced the bold take that we have, um, but we're going to get a little more into it. We are anti-punching kids. Whoa, hold on. That's not what I was expecting. I know. I know. It's a tough take. <laughs> it's a tough take. punching college kids. Wow. Yeah. I so, Andy, why don't you get into the Penn State coach, and I'll take Greg Marshall. All right, so um, Penn State's coach, he stepped down this week because he was uh, – like they were quietly investigating him over the, since March about him abusing his players. And then 
a big sign that they found something is out of the blue five weeks before the season, he resigned. So that opens up a coaching spot and guess who has a pretty damn good resume at the eighth grade boys uh, level. Don't start this. Your boy. Don't start this. 73 and 30 record. St. Dominic Invitational champions. Please please don't. My players have the ring to to prove it. Two-time Mustang Classic champions. Ring pop? Do you have um, the ring pop to prove it? I I have I got the ring pop. It was Nick Sperry, but Ooh, then that's a good one. It melted in my mouth. So Andy, you're that guy that submits an application for a college football position with all of your like mat, all of your like NCAA football fourteen fucking stats. Like that's literally you. Hashtag hire Andy. Yeah, Pat Chambers not a good guy. I, I will say it's not a good look. Like when you're one of these programs who have like seven dudes transfer out at the same time. Probably who, a reason who, for that. Who had that? A certain head coach named Greg Marshall. And, Andy, you know this man's crazy because he spells his name with three Gs. Yeah. Imagine needing <laughs> three Gs in a name. Goodness gracious. So, yeah, Andy, this guy reportedly punching players in the back of the neck, Andy. And also berating students that park in his parking spot. <laughs> There's a legit article, a legit, a, a legit source that said a student had parked in his parking lot. And he rolls up and says, do you know who the fuck I am? Who yeah, do you think you great. are? I am. Oh, you think you are? I am. That's right. I did it. God, that's a fucking classic. Yeah, I mean, imagine being Greg Marshall with a middle hair part like Dwight Schrute, and just thinking you're the baddest man in Wichita, Kansas. Like, <laughs> bro. Well, he's known his wife is crazy for years. That oh, yeah, that was obvious for a long time. And now we know oh, that mar- that marriage is gonna work. Exactly. If they and, stay alive. Andy, this just couldn't happen to a better conference, Andy. Right. You feel right. so bad for that American Athletic Conference, the prestigious American Athletic Conference. And Power seven, man. Power seven. They took a big hit today. And I will say the week. Wichita Shocker does look kind of look like a bug on its logo. Exterminate the AC, I'm saying. I don't know. Might, might need to get the bug spray it, out. it all fits. It all it fits. All, it all fits, man. I'm telling you. It comes full circle. Exterminate the AAC. <laughs> bunch of pests out here but Andy it would not be on brand for us if we didn't get into a little Xavier basketball talk Andy because we got some goods going on down here Wait. number one Andy we're just blaming everybody tonight I think we need to flame some Hampton dude don't get me started on fucking Hampton who do they think guy. they are that is like a mid-major coach making a video calling out his rival about bullshit offers he gave him <laughs> almost as bad Almost as bad as that. Almost as out of place and just little brotherish as Hampton getting in the way of a Xavier basketball play, um, player playing. I know. Uh, yeah, imagine being a pirate and not being Seat Hall. Um, yeah, bro. Tough. I just think it's a tough look in all honesty, like not letting a player do what they want to do. You know, right. like that's why you almost you always see it across the board in college when a player wants to transfer the school's like, okay, best of luck. You know, right. because just it's just like that word gets around, man. It just doesn't make you look good when you when you're eating sour grapes because you lose, you know, because the players don't want to play for your school. It's like a it's like a company, like just being a dick. It just is not good practice. Um, so kind of kind of surprising to see them fight against this waiver for Xavier because I mean Xavier just lost Demir Bishop. I'm sure they didn't want to lose Demir Bishop, big recruit. You know, going into a second year could have been a starter. Top 100 guy. 
yeah, like pretty high recruit, obviously, at a board, uh, you know, consensus four-star. Sure, they didn't want him to walk, but they're like, yeah, of course, we'll help you fill out your waiver and go where you want to go and be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's you don't want to be here, then fine. That's like, just a solid thing happy. to do. Yeah, I know. It's just a solid thing to do, but, you know, fucking Hampton. So, yeah, Ben Stanley needs a fucking waiver, Andy, because he's really fucking good. <laughs> like, I mean, he's – it's clear that he's going to be at least getting, like – if he doesn't, if he doesn't get his name called every every night, then he's going to be getting starter minutes. He, he and Car- Carter are probably going to be um, yep. splitting time. Hey, yep. Carter may get twenty two. Um, Sammy would get uh, eighteen minutes. Yeah, like, they could probably. Oh, they could probably both play at the five when needed. I know they've talked about playing Carter at the five at times, but Andy, it's just wild. And then also, Colby Jones is a fucking thing. I mean, the more we hear, just the more that hey, Colby Jones probably going to be a starter. He may he may insert himself and like uh, and we mean insert himself because Xavier's not a program Easy. that relies Easy. on freshmen. Easy. Oh, making me nervous over here. Okay, let, let me. Yeah, I don't want to have to give you another pamphlet. Okay, all right. Inserts himself into the church of the starting lineup. My man, thank you. The yes. sanctity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Andy, he's a fucking thing, and I don't even think that's a diss to Nate Johnson at all, who we not both think is a dude. I think Nate Johnson can play. I just think that Colby kind – I'm getting, like, Edmund Sumner vibes, Andy. Uh, You know, he wasn't, like, the biggest recruit in the world. I'm not saying either of them were bad recruits in any way, shape, or form. But just, like, once Ed got in there, I mean, coaches were like, this dude might even be a better dude than Trey Blewett. And Trey was a fucking dude. Yeah, man, Colby can fucking play. And and especially with the need at the wing, I I think just the combination of him being a guy and us needing, you know, wing support. I really could see him being a starter, and he's just a do-it-all auxiliary guy, man. I mean, it, I, I think I saw Snow say something along the lines of, like, if these Xavier coaches could, they would probably adopt Colby Jones. Like, they, absolutely, they absolutely love Colby Jones, man. Yeah, like, they are so high on him, and as is all of Xavier Nation. I That, that was another um, – like, we talked – I just talked about um, Carter and Stanley fighting for minutes uh, and really yep. pushing each other. Nate Johnson and Colby Jones have been doing that ever since they set foot on campus. And, yeah, those are two that are fun to watch for sure. And, and while Nate Johnson has is the better shooter, um, and he, he's got the experience and the leadership, Colby Jones is the best defender on the team. So mm-hmm. it probably will be more about matchups, but I do see, um, based on my sources, which my main source is Musketeer Report. Shout out to them; they do some phenomenal work. <laughs> Hashtag um, Andy steals your fucking nuggets. <laughs> That's they, correct. But uh, like. So, what what I what I heard from them is, uh, you made me lose Man, my train of thought, face. you jackass. <laughs> Man, this <laughs> fucking phase. <laughs> I love it. We'll start talking about X kid. No respect if you think about it. Hit me with it. So yeah, Andy, no love for Xavier in any preseason poll. I haven't seen anything that put Xavier anywhere near the top fifty. I haven't seen Xavier ranked in literally anything. And I probably looked up at least 10 to 15 to 20. Like I think the highest bowls. anybody had us in uh, the Big East was like sixth. Right, which is terrible. I mean, for the for the highest you're going to get, because normally the, the three through eight is, you know, everyone ranks everyone crazy. Yeah, dude, we're not even in anyone's top 50. We're not even in anyone's preseason uh, brackets. Not even the all-inclusive bracket. I mean, we're not getting any respect, bro. Can't get no respect. 
it's crazy right now, Andy. Uh, but I'm actually digging those vibes, man, because I really think this is a year we can really surprise some people, like Xavier almost always does, gets no respect in the preseason, and then surprises people. I'm just waiting for our year, Andy. Like, I need Xavier to be good. Bad. Even even the year that we ended up being a two-seed beating Villanova, um, like, we weren't even respected that year. Why well, didn't you? Well, I don't think anyone expected us to be that good. No, but, I mean, we if you end up being a two-seed, you're probably – like, it's a huge miss if – they're not putting you in like the top 50 yeah, like, yeah. in the Big beginning. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a huge surprise. If, um, yep. if the so-called experts don't put you in the top 50, you end up being a top five team. Yep, like, nice, but that, nice. that, 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 we see that happen all the time. Yep. Like I don't think anybody expected Illinois to be that good last year. I'm sure they um, expected good things, but, or, um, or Iowa to be that, that good la- last year. So like, teams always overachieve, but, um, this is hard a to team, yeah. Like, this is a team where they are getting literally zero respect, and but I can't blame should, it either. You know what I mean? Like, I can't blame national media for not giving us respect, but for, it's for just, writing us off, absolutely. Like, but I just think that what we have in the locker room just seems a little bit different. But obviously, I thought we were going to be good last year. I thought we were going to be good the year before that. <laughs> I wore the Xavier goggles. Sometimes I'll openly admit that, but this feels a little bit different. I, I don't think we're going to be great. But I definitely think the pieces are coming together. All right, so we, we're getting the personnel to run the offense that Travis Steele wants. We've been made, like we've been making that point throughout the entire time we've had this podcast. Mm-hmm. And they're just they seem to be gelling and pushing each other. So yeah. that is Seems what I love thought. to see. Yeah. Um, and this is where the real Travis Steele has to get his I mean, there's no excuses anymore. I mean, these are your own guys. You recruited at a high level. Like, you don't have any excuses, man. It's time for him to to create his own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, Andy, we're finally approaching the long-awaited championship of the 2020 X bracket. You know, Andy, it's kind of like college football where, you know what I mean? Like, they play the whole regular season, then you take, like, a month, and then you play the championship game. Exactly, yes. Yeah. It's not like it's an unheard of This was, like, three months. Yeah. I mean, that formula's not unheard of. You know, whatever. Um, so, Andy, your quick breakdown. We did this bracket where we did a live draft um, of all the Xavier players through the CentOS era. So, 2000 to now, eight teams. We drafted uh, eight players per team, and now it's a championship. And it's my team versus our boy, Old Man Larry's team, a.k.a. DJ Dare. He's rebranded since then. Um, <laughs> That's so how long you, it's I'll, been. I'll give you the quick starting lineup breakdown. So, at point guard, it's, he has Samaje Kristen versus me with Miles Davis. That, that's guard. A, yeah, good uh, matchup. Good that's matchup. that's a big different matchup. You got a you got a shooter facilitator versus a slasher and a driver. So oh, no. I, he might Samaje could give him fits on defense, but Miles Miles Davis can orchestrate. At shooting guard, he's got Remy Abel versus my Stanley Burrell. And I may I may have to give the Stanley Burrell. Yeah. Um, not not I mean, to that one. I mean, we saw yeah. how we, we we all love Remy Abel. We saw how hyped we were about him in the. Um, TBT, but Stanley Burrell was—he's a Xavier Hall of Famer for reason. He's an—he's an all-timer, man. He was—he was fantastic. At small four, he's starting his boy Alvin Brown. I'm starting Trayvon Blewett. Uh, I think I got that one. Uh, one of Maybe. the pro- top top two Muskie of all time. I think I think you got him. Yeah, this is gonna be a tough matchup for my boy Dolman. <laughs> uh, my boy Justin Dolman, aka Captain X, is going up against a certain David West. Ever heard, heard of that guy? Ever heard of that guy? Huh? Who? Oh, that must have been the walk-on spot. 
Yeah, it must have been his walk-on spot. So, tough matchup for Derry there, obviously. And then at center, I'm bringing in Josh Duncan, obviously, uh, maybe a, a 2000 lean. Yeah, stretch five there. And he's got Jimmy Farr, so that'd be a pretty damn good matchup too. Ooh, discipline versus shooting. I mean, and Josh Duncan was really good down low as well. But he was fantastic. We had, like, but Larry's got one of the best of best post defenders we've seen in the Sintas era. They both had incredible senior years. So and a really interesting matchup, Andy. Two of the best Xavier players of all time, and David West and Trey Blewett. Um, He's got Samaje who could definitely get in the lane and create. I like my team shooting at every single position. Davis, Burrell, Blewett, Dolman, you got Duncan You got five shooters. Can really spread the floor. I think yeah. it's just about Honestly, like – Burrell could, might be your worst shooter. He might be, and Burrell's a fucking bucket. A good shooter, dude. He is a fucking bucket. I just think it comes down to – can anyone stop David West on that team? Right. And I mean, I David, might, David could get it done – in college, he could get it done from all over the floor. So, that, that's a really tough, tough – matchup for Justin Dolman. They might just have to feed feed the goat on that one. Yeah, um, we're definitely doubling. Definitely Samaje, doubling. I mean, I can see Samaje um, torching Miles Davis. Um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I could I could see uh, Stanley Burrell taking that defensive assignment. For yeah, sure. so um, I mean that that'll be up to, up to your coach. I do agree, but that just that that just leaves a um, defensive liability um, when he's guarding Remy Abel because Remy Abel can just body him up. I mean, he was almost an NFL safety. Uh, Absolutely. So, yeah, I know. A tough look. We also got Kiki Tandy off the bench, so maybe he'll have to come in and play some D. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, man, interesting matchup there. But it'll be fun to finally finally see what the people say. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but it might be a little bit of a popularity contest. Next time we have to have to take my name off of it, so it's fair. You'll have to co-manage a team with a no name. Exactly, exactly. I might just do it on my personal account. But that'll be fun to see what happens, and we'll finally wrap it. Yeah, we can finally get uh, – I, I, I watched the um, – I was going through – one of my video, like, I was looking for actually looking for this picture right here, and I uh, so I searched hashtag X bracket, and I came across the video I posted after I unfairly lost the first round. Um, that video that was the day after the whole thing started, which was like July twentieth. But Andy, I say it is time for some jackass hour. Stay on brand, and. It's been a full week since we acted like jackasses. So, I mean, that's not true. But <laughs> right, <laughs> just went to full jackass mode. It's in the it's in the header. We got to do it. Yeah, we, like it's 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 what it's what our entire brand is. It's a word that I invented myself, and people have caught on. So we got to keep it up. Right. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So crack the beers open. Let's go get it, man. All right. So this week on Jackass Hour, Andy, we are ranking our favorite boy bands. Ten to one, <laughs> maybe not. And as 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 people who don't know much about boy bands, I mean, yeah, I feel yeah. like speak, we got speak some... yourself. Speak yourself here. <laughs> well, I mean, you I'm don't know much really, about boy bands. I'm, I'm really into the once we get toward the top five, I'm really into them. I'm a boy band aficionado, Andy. So oh, yeah, I think we okay. started off. So we couldn't, we couldn't to full disclosure, we couldn't think of ten. So we came up with nine. <laughs> We didn't think a 10th one deserved the list. So if, if you're not in this nine, you are dead to us when it comes to boy bands. So at number nine, Andy, I have my dudes, Day 26, who were – they were like a rap boy band group in like the early 2010s with a banger called Put It On Her. Big banger. Shout to my brother. That's, that was his fucking jam back in the day. Day 26, Andy. I don't have much more to say about it, but that was a banger. You want to guess number eight? <laughs> All right. Yes, number eight. 98 degrees. They are represented by a Cincinnati boy, Nick Lachey. I've heard of him. 
Have you heard of him? All right, yeah. perfect. <laughs> and I mean, my my favorite song about by them is "I Do Cherish You." Uh, they are not the only ones to do that, but I think they do it best, at least from the boy band, um, boy band category. It's a phenomenal song. It's the number one for a reason. Ben. I listen to it about five times a day. Certified bop, Andy. I, I can confirm that he does do that. I've seen it. Um, it's it's a sight to behold. And Andy, they had a fire reality TV show back in the day. If you have your own reality TV show before like 2005, you're, you know you got something going. You know you got something cooking, man. 98 Degrees had it popping back in the day. I really think that they were just like a manufactured band, though, Andy, and this is why they weren't in the top five. Um, they were just kind of just trying to recreate the magic of the Backstreet sync thing, but just too late. So that's why you're, you're, low, you're that low, but you deserve to make the list. Andy, at number seven, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, obviously. First of all, you have, you're something called the Funky Bunch. I mean, I don't need to say anything else there. And then also just – you know, some good vibrations, bro. You absolutely can't beat it. One of the, the feel-good songs of all time. And the, the thing every girl loves, some good vibrations. And, <laughs> and some Marky Mark. And, some, and they, do love, they do love good vibrations from Marky Mark. Can, can confirm. confirm. Oh. I love the vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part about the races. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to put the Funky Bunch in there, man. If you don't have the Funky Bunch and Marky Mark, you don't have a boy band list. Andy, who's up next? All right. So next we got boys to men. There, we'll see. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm more of like when it comes to, it comes to boy bands, I like kind of the slower, like more emotional ones. Um, R&B type. Yeah. The, yeah. So the ones where you really just hear their um, voice and they got a talented crew. So like, that, that's why, that's why they, Andy. that's why they, um, but I don't think they were quite good enough for the top, to be in the top five, but they're just outside of it uh, because I, I personally would have had them number four, but the consensus right. was just outside the top five because we got some legends coming up. Oh, yeah. I guess, Andy, the, uh, the thought was like your typical early 2000s, late 90s, floppy hair, you know, poppy BS. Yeah, I'm saying just like that kind of boy band. Boys to Men, way better musically, obviously. But we were just kind of going for the funniness of, you know, just shitty, we'll call oh, it what absolutely. It is, white, white, floppy-haired boy bands. Andy, next up we got the Beebs. The king of floppy and, hair. And I know that he's not in a boy band, but Beebs brings, brings enough heat, Andy, for an entire band in like, and of himself. He is five, like, he has five yes. boy band members in one. Absolutely. I, who, who I think means, he has five personalities, too. If Biebs was like 15 years older, he definitely would have been in a boy band and then had a solo career. Oh, for sure. So that's kind of where I put him in here. He was just—he was born in the wrong era, in my opinion, Andy. Well, he should be the same like age him as Nick Carter. Carter. Oh, dude, him and I, dude. Biebs wants some candy. Telling you, <laughs> Biebs wants candy. Can confirm. Andy, let's get to number four, skis. All Talk right. Some shit. So it's not definitely not your typical boy band type. I don't know if you'd categorize them as a boy band, but technically but they are a band full of boys. <laughs> so we got everyone's favorite one to hate, Nickelback. I personally love <laughs> me some Nickelback. This oh. is how you remind me. <laughs> yeah, bro, we love Nickelback. We love Nickelback, bro. Yeah, I just think of like that, uh, <laughs> that, that part in Ted Reese singing fucking karaoke and A-E-R-O-Y-E-R-O. Yeah, those are the days. 
Um, yeah, bro. And two, it's a shout to UC. I mean, that they had a number one song last time UC went on the road in the shootout. So any jab we get at UC, if we can incorporate that with Jackass Hour, honestly, we're gonna do it. That honestly puts people. Uh, if you if you have a jab toward UC or give us any fuel for a jab toward UC, it just automatically jumps you up yeah. two spots. We're gonna take it. And I just don't understand why Nickelback is so like divisive. I don't know. I have no idea. Like someone like. Someone threatened to not be friends with me because I was uh, a fan of Nickelback. Like, I'm the only yeah, one relax. in one of my friend groups that likes Nickelback, and I don't understand why. I uh, got the yeah, good relax. raspy boys, and they got some good songs too. Great guitar play. I don't get the hate. I will say, like, turning your mind off and jamming some Nickelback, not the worst thing in the world. No, no. And I don't know. When I hear it, I just think of, like, being a kid and, like, just, like, life being chill as fuck and, like, having no worries and just, like, jamming that to, like, on the way to some soccer or some baseball. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Good times, though, man. I mean, we all just want to be big rock stars and live in hilltop houses driving 15 cars. I can relate to that song. I can relate. And that's that's all you want out of music, relatability. Andy, at number three, we've got Big Time Rush. Oh, my God. I love this one. Completely out of their era, but doing the damn thing, Andy. Too good to to turn down, even if it's out of its own era. And and honestly, we've talked about what, what other boy band got there in sitcom. Not any I know. No, none, none that I know. And honestly, those songs are fucking bops. Yeah, they do have some bops, man. I mean, it was when you're like, I think we were both like in the too cool for school age by the time that shit was coming out. But like, man, if that shit came out like a year or two ago, I'd have been banging I'd be that all shit. about it. I was, I was, have... that was honestly one of my favorite shows. I love just, I love the music. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Can't I, say I watched the show, but I, I'm here for it though. I'm jealous that you did. <laughs> I, I jumped. On, I hopped on the bandwagon. I was. I was a smart guy. That's why I like Nickelback. Ahead of your time, my man. Ahead of your time. Who you got it two? Number two. Okay, I mean, call. this is the LeBron fucking MJ. LeBron, LeBron Jordan debate. I honestly had them as number one, but I agreed enough for our number one. Um, NSYNC is number two. Hell yeah, they are. Everyone was on the. Everyone was on the edge of their seat, knowing that knowing what number one and two is. Which yep. one is it going to be? Uh, I have NSYNC. Although, I know I said I was a little more into the, the slower ones, but just try to go put on It's Going to Be Me and not going crazy. Like, Puppet shit not was just jamming fucking out. iconic. Like, oh my, like, it made every drive so much easier, so much more entertaining. Just jamming and going, going crazy. The um, music's going in your left ear, in your right ear, all over the place. You don't know what the fuck's going on. In your middle ear. Andy, I will say that Instinct had more bangers. I think they, they had did. more, like, songs to dance to, songs that just got you fucking hype. But – and they were fucking awesome. And Timberlake made them, you know? Like, oh, it for still sure. kills me that Timberlake and Fatone were in the same group. <laughs> I look at both of them now. I'm like, fucking what? <laughs> what a fucking wild time that shit was. The Frosted Tips, bro, iconic. Just great times, man. They, they, they made Frosted Tips cool. I, I love it, JT. God, dude, everyone had Frosted Tips back in those days, man. That was wild. But, Andy, they're no goat. And around here, my goat is Backstreet. And, Andy, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Some, like, as I got older, I was like, I think NSYNC's music might be better. But Backstreet just had, like, the when like oh, when you're, like, 10 years old and you're just, like, you know, just getting into it, your heart and your soul's into it. Your, you know, your hands are touching your chest, and you're like just fucking belting it out, bro. Like, 
Those were good times, man. Floppy haired, floppy haired ten year old me was digging some Backstreet. Oh god, I had the I had the floppy hair till I was about seventeen. So I mean, I was, I was all about that life. The music videos like floating on clouds and shit. Bro, I was here for that corny and, fucking bullshit. Oh, there, there was definitely. Uh, I mean, all obviously the they have. I want it that way. Um, yeah, that, that all time classic. That's the best um, song of all time, and I will hear no arguments there. No, there there really is no argument there. Uh, there was. Um, there was one song that there's a video of me and my bro- it was me and my brother on the um and, and my little sit my my youngest sister wasn't even born yet we're running around going crazy to this song it was on um, larger than life oh that's a banger that is an absolute banger and everybody honestly, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, dude, Watch just bangers, bro. Yeah, they had some bangers too. I, I think NSYNCs were more dancey, but like some of those Backstreet Boys, when you hear like that weird laugh, like <laughs> bro, if you could if you could put that in there, that'd be fucking hype. Like when you hear like that laugh, come on, bro. Like oh shit, bro. Twelve year old me to would go down. Yeah, I know it's going the fuck down, bro. That's like ten year old me just raging against machines, bro, in the backyard. Every single white guy looked at uh, looked at their friends like, watch this. I was ready to run to a fucking, crazy. I was ready to run through a sprinkler like a goddamn <laughs> madman after I heard that song, dude. I'm running through that goddamn sprinkler. <laughs> like the LeBron face with like hands on his knees. That's like me oh, looking yeah. at a sprinkler after hearing that song. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let the bull out of the cage, baby. You don't want to fuck with me now. This water balloon fight's gonna be fucking nasty. No one wants these goddamn problems, dude. What a weird time in life, bro. Like, the worst thing you had to worry about was, like, water balloon fights and fucking sprinklers and shit. Hey, man, did I worry about that? God, I drank so much water out of... I drank so much water out of the fucking hose, dude. You have no idea. Ew. You don't drink water out of the hose, dude? Imagine drinking water. Yeah, that's a good point. Water's the enemy. But, bro, there was nothing more, like, therapeutic than being a kid, like... Just shorts on, with like your little pool in the backyard, like not like a real pool, but like an above ground, like shitty pool, oh, like a oh, slide. Yeah. Little yeah. kiddie pool had your had your little floaties on. Yeah, of course, and, barefoot. You know, drinking water out of the hose, man. Those were good times. And um, so my like, we actually had um, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys playing during this. Um, believe it or not, not the brag. Um, my my youngest sister loved to play this game called beach where you just go out, you get your swimsuits on and just go out and spray each other with the fucking hose. And um, I would do that. We doing that. It got wet and wild. We doing that this weekend. Yeah. Like it's going to be a weekend. Like it's going to be a weekend tradition with us. You said, (laughs) I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) Fucking jackass hour. It got wet and wild with my sister. You know what? We're not gonna, I'm from Kentucky. (laughs) Sorry, grandma. You know what? I find every jackass hour, I find one way to put my fucking foot in my mouth. Leave it to Andy. <laughs> every single time. Either, every stuttering single time. Your foot, either stuttering or putting your foot in your mouth. Love to see it. And I can't tell which one I like more. Every single time, I just give some. I, there's some reason to roast me. I know. I love it. That's what makes it funny, though. But you take it on the chin like a fucking champ every time. <laughs> I was just hoping it got ignored. I wasn't letting that go. Are you fucking kidding me? I wasn't letting that shit go. Come on. I even brought it back. Like, that was like two minutes ago. I, it was like too easy, so I almost let it go. But I was like, nah, it's Jackass Hour. If this was if this was anything other than Jackass Hour, regular podcast, I would have let it go. But I was like, fuck it. It's Jackass season. It's always I'm a couple, Jackass I'm a couple season. beers deep. Let's fucking go. It's ass jacking season. 
I, I had to, yeah, exactly. I had to take the Surrey Yacht route and play in Kentucky. <laughs> I respect cool. Cincinnati, Kentucky. 100%. Love that Cincinnati airport. But Andy, <laughs> I think that is Jack Astry, man. That is Jack Astry as, at its finest. Astry, and there's the stutter again. Yeah, I mean, who cares, dude? Imagine talking, right? And I'm drunk. Good man. I mean, if you're not starting, you're not doing it right. Imagine being sober. Right. Imagine dream, Imagine being sober. Imagine having sex. Could not be me. Could not be me. Drunk and abstinent is the way we like it around here, Andy. That's the way the blob rolls. Make bad decisions, but not that bad of decisions. No, no. no nothing that's going to get you child support or make Never you Never that. Yeah, exactly. But, Andy, good shit, as always. Thanks to the 11 Warriors crew. That was fucking awesome. Appreciate you guys. I'll be a Buckeye today. That was fucking sick. Shouts to freaking Greg Marshall for giving us content, even though you're a fucking asshole. Andy, it's been a, it's been a great show, man. Anyone you want to shout out? The only, um, the only one I want to shout out outside of the 11 Warriors crew, um, that, that, that was incredible. Thank you for coming on. And thank you to the Associated Press for ranking Coastal. Yeah. You are my fire, the one desire. Believe when I say I want it that way, but we are two. Desire you are